Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How does this end? Somebody in Russia has to step up to the plate. Is there Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful Colonel Stauffenberg in the <coughs> Russian military? The only way this ends, my friend, is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. You would be doing your country a great service and the world a great service. How does Joe Getty react to that? A U.S. senator calling for the assassination of a, a world leader. Some That's of the- kind of out of bounds. <laughs> we don't do that. Because, and I've seen some of the responses, how would we react if Putin called for the assassination of Biden? Don't bother. Just, it'll be a matter of time. Um, eh, He's very old. So I'm I'm trying to parse this. So Lindsay said somebody in Russia should step up to the plate and, and be a Brutus. I don't. I don't believe Caesar. Caesar was stabbed at a baseball game, but I think I see what he's driving at. Um, that's a little different than calling for, say, the United States to assassinate him. Saying somebody should assassinate Putin is significantly different than we should assassinate Putin. I suppose. Yeah, I'm trying to get there. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. It is. It absolutely is. It's an odd thing for a senator to say, though. So we all know at this point I'm, that... I'm per- not personally bothered by it, though, and I can't pretend I am. No, I'm not bothered by it. It's just yet another new thing that never happened before. I was talking to our boss yesterday about this news flow that I think started when Trump came down the elevator. This isn't all related to Trump. I mean, that kind of kicked off its own era. But Fact it is, check. It was an escalator. But, Back esca- to you. Sorry, escalator. But... um. It has continued, you know, none of this, this isn't because of Trump. I mean, the world, we've been doing talk radio for a very long time, and it didn't used to be like this. No. There weren't, there wasn't, I think we did several years of radio in a row where there wasn't really anything of consequence that happened. <laughs> right, and when that happens, a society elevates frivolities into, uh, you know, a consequence, uh, makes mountains out of molehills, if you will. And now giant things happen all the time. Uh, okay, I just saw a video that got got my attention. Indiana teacher arrested for hitting student. I know that's a viral video. Have you seen that one? I have not. Uh, pretty rough. Teacher has the kid out in the hallway screaming at him and then hits him across the face. Oh, man. I think it would be hard to keep me from going down there to the school and being in a fight with that guy. Yeah. If you punched my kid. That kid, I don't know how old the kid is. He doesn't look real old. But anyway. As I said the other day, there is a reckoning coming for American public schools. The whole restorative justice thing, they've completely lost control. They kept the kids out, the teachers' unions, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that's a I got topic off for another day. Yeah. I got off track. So we all Get know. Get back on track, Jack. We all know now that President Zelensky of Russia was a YouTube star on a TV store of fact Ukraine. Fact check. He's the president of Ukraine. Jeez. I need to be fact checked because almost everything I say is wrong. Did you get any sleep last night? Not much. My son is sick, oh. and he was up in the middle of the night, and, uh, geez, it was rough. Yeah. I don't know what disease we got going through our house. I've done a bunch of the COVID tests, and they're always negative, but I don't... When I know I had COVID, I never tested positive on one of those, so I don't believe them. I don't know why I continue to take them. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I didn't get a lot of sleep. So my brain's not firing properly. President Zelensky of Ukraine, we all know, was a YouTube star in which he played a president. And it sounds like, to me, 
it was uh, pretty heavy on the political satire. It wasn't just a sitcom, it would seem. Yeah. And, and I heard yesterday, for instance, there was there was one season where um, he, as the president of Ukraine, there, he's he's begging to get into either NATO or the EU. I forget which it is. And he gets a phone call from Angela Merkel saying, you're in. We've decided to allow you into NATO or, or the EU, whichever one it was. And he's like so excited. And then it turns out she thought she had called the president of some other country. And oh, that's, what the, that's what the whole humor is and everything. Oh, boy. But he actually had participated as a pretend president in that, and now he's actively, as the actual president, begging the European Union and NATO to allow him to come in. That's, like, almost too much, isn't it? Yes. Yes. The whole life imitating art, imitating life as art life. Art life. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. and Except, uh, except the people dying is real. And... Uh, I was listening to an author of, and I don't know this author. I'm going to look into it. He's written a book about Winston Churchill, and it was declared the best Winston Churchill biography of the last quarter century. This mm-hmm. guy, it's a fairly recent one. I heard him interviewing on, being interviewed on a podcast, and um, the uh, the the host said, "Zelensky's nearly Churchillian, wouldn't you say?" As a as a Churchill expert, he said, "No, he's full on Churchill." He is 100% Churchillian, and here's why, and laid it all out as a Churchill expert, and I I thought that was pretty interesting. Partially because he said he's honest with his public. That that is one of the key aspects of Churchill, and they mention uh, one of his most famous speeches, you know, we'll fight him in the beaches, we'll fight him in the streets, that whole thing, um, was after the Dunkirk embarrassment retreat, in which he said, look, that was that was a disaster. Churchill told his people, that was a disaster. This is a disaster. We're up against it. We may not survive this, mm-hmm. but we will fight him this way. As opposed to, to only saying, like Joe Biden did the other night, good always defeats bad. Yay! Not, this is sucky. This is bad. This is what's going to happen. And here's what you're going to have to do to help. Gas is going to go to $6 a gallon, if not higher. And here's why, and but here's why it's important. None of that. No. Just greeting card rhetoric, which I hate. Yeah. Zelensky, we've got the uh, clip. Maybe we'll get to that later because I don't want to get off track too far here. He was asked yesterday, um, you know, will, will you guys, will you survive? He said, I don't know. Are you leaving? No. But I mean, he's not going with, no, good always triumphs on for people. Of course we'll survive. That sort of crap. Yeah. You can't lead people with that because they see through the phoniness. Barry Weiss of Substack, as usual, with a great one out today on this topic. One of the other angles of this, why Putin has the kind of leverage he has. The West's green delusions empowered Putin. While we banned plastic straws, I actually live in the town, I think, that led the way on banning plastic straws. You must be very proud. Oh, so proud. We have the paper straws, by, and everybody I know carries plastic straws in their car. So you can stick a real straw in your Starbucks or your soda or whatever, because the paper straws dissolve. If you can't drink your drink in like 20 seconds, the paper straws dissolve into goo. <laughs> and, as so we all, and as we all know, the whole banning plastic straws was based on a nine-year-old's, <laughs> a nine-year-old's third grade school paper. <laughs> exactly. 
In retrospect, uh, I will get to the details of this that are actually pretty interesting and consequential to the world coming up, among other things that we've got to talk about this hour. Yep. Yep. We use paper straws here. I know a lot of you listening around the country think, what? How does a paper straw work? It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, it lasts. It, it Maybe it's a decent straw for about four or five minutes in my I'd experience. say it's the best paper straw technology I can imagine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's idiotic. While we banned paper straws or plastic straws, Russia drilled and doubled down on nuclear energy production. That is a lot of what's driving the wedge and the power of this whole thing. Stay tuned for that other stuff. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A JetBlue pilot blew twice the legal limit on a breathalyzer yesterday after being removed from the cockpit of a plane. They were immediately suspicious since the flight was Delta. (laughs) What are you doing in here? Oh, let's get this puppy in the air. Where are we headed? So I heard the guy was multiple times the legal limit to be a pilot. But what's the legal limit for drinking as a pilot? I didn't know you could have any. It's like nothing. It's practically nothing. So he might have had a beer and a half. I don't know. But he was obviously drunk. I mean, if you get obviously drunk, like other people think, geez, are you drunk in the middle of the day? Um, Off a beer and a half, you are. uh, You're no friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's words for you, sir. Uh, Maybe they smelled it on him. I don't know. Um, Barry Weiss substack. Or maybe he was just swigging from the bottle as he walked on the plane. Sup, sup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting he's, and he's listening to that country song. Getting drunk on a plane. <laughs> he's got a blaring. I'm passed out in the baggage claim. Um, I think this will scratch you where you itch if you are, are like minded with us, and you probably are someone, or you wouldn't be listening to the show. The West's green delusions empowered Putin. While we banned plastic straws, Russia drilled and doubled down on nuclear energy production. How is Vladimir Putin, a man ruling a country with an economy smaller than that of Texas, with an average life expectancy 10 years lower than that of France, managed to launch an unprovoked full-scale assault on Ukraine? They go through the whole he wants it more than we want to defend it thing that we've talked about a lot. Then goes on to, missing from that explanation, though, is a story about material reality and basic economics, two things that Putin seems to understand far better than his counterparts in the free world, and especially in Europe. Putin knows, for instance, that Europe produces 3.6 million barrels of oil a day, but uses 15 million barrels of oil a day. Almost, what, four times. Putin knows that Europe produces 230 billion cubic meters of natural gas a year, but uses 560. So, twice as much as they produce. He knows that Europe uses 950 million tons of coal, but produces half of that. He also knows that Russia produces 11 million barrels of oil per day, but only uses three. So, they produce three, four times what they use. And she goes through some other numbers that are similar on all those things. So, that's how Russia ends up supplying 20% of Europe's oil, 40% of their gas. No wonder... Secretary of Defense Gates called Russia a gas station with an army, or John McCain, whoever said that. But it's a gas station with, uh, you know, nuclear weapons. 
The math is simple. A child could do it. The reason Europe didn't have a muscular deterrent threat to prevent Russia's aggression is that it needs Putin's oil and gas. The question is why? How is it possible that European countries, Germany especially, allowed themselves to become so dependent on an authoritarian country over the 30 years since the end of the Cold War. Here's how. These countries are in the grip of a delusional ideology that makes them incapable of understanding the hard realities of energy production. Green ideology insists that we don't need nuclear and that we don't need fracking. It insists that it's just a matter of will and money to switch to all renewables, and it'll happen fast. Oh, it insists boy. that we need degrowth of the economy and that, we're, that we face looming human extinction. Barry Weiss says, I would know. I was once myself a true believer. That's why she's so interesting. Uh She was part of that crowd. John Kerry, the United States climate envoy, perfectly captured the myopia of this view earlier this week, or last week, when he said about the Russian invasion of Ukraine, it could have a profound negative impact on the climate, obviously. You have a war, and obviously you're going to have massive emissions consequences to the war. But equally importantly, you're going to lose people's focus. Nobody but him and crazy people were even thinking about climate change. Wow. As Russia bore down on a country of 40-some million people. Yeah, with all due respect, Mr. Secretary, I'm more worried about losing life and limb than my focus signed Ukrainians. As the West fell into a hypnotic trance about healing its relationship with nature, averting climate apocalypse, and worshipping a teenager named Greta, Vladimir Putin was making his moves. While he expanded nuclear energy at home so Russia could export its precious oil and gas to Europe, you see, he went nuclear so that they would use less oil and gas to sell it to the delusional West. That's, this gets back to my thing earlier. Again, I'm pro-democracy. I think they're better in the long run. But the advantage of an autocracy is they can look at reality and think, look at those stupid freaking countries. They're listening to the long-haired master's degree college students on this climate change stuff. We're going to produce more nuclear power, and we're going to sell those idiots their oil and gas because they're still going to need it. They can talk about wind farms all day long, but that ain't going to power their cars their TVs. So, A, they will enrich us, and B, they'll be on the hook to us. While he expanded nuclear energy at home so Russia could export its oil and gas to Europe, Western governments spent their time and energy obsessing over carbon footprints, a term created by an advertising firm that worked for British Petroleum. They banned plastic straws because of a nine-year-old Canadian child's science homework. They paid for hours of climate anxiety therapy. Oh, that is so good. Oh, my God, we're soft. Oi. That is climate that. anxiety therapy. Yeah, why are the kids all anxious? Who's been hammering them with with death threats about the environment? You have, you lunatics. The result has been the worst global energy crisis since 1973, driving prices for electricity and gasoline higher around the world. It is a crisis fundamentally fundamentally of inadequate supply, but the scarcity is entirely manufactured. You know, and I could I could skip to see the United States, where we have shut down so much of our production or stopped the uh, the increase of production out of the stuff she's talking about right there. It's so crazy and fascinating. Putin, the cold hearted realist, thought the world is going to continue to run on fossil fuels for a long time. And he's right. And I'm going to give it to him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. 
Well, and, and more proof that Biden and company don't really care about this stuff. And it was an emailer who pointed it out. I'll give him credit if I can find it. I got a big old stack here. But he points out that uh, if, if Biden had said, yep, we're uh, banning all Russian oil, it's going to drive prices through the roof, uh, but that's what we got to do. Well, that, that would be useful to the climate change crowd. They could say, look, we can't be a slave to Putin and these crazy gas prices. This is proof we need to double down on green and renewable energy. Europe did that intentionally by raising uh, tax rates through the roof to try to get people to stop burning so many fossil fuels. But Biden knew that there would be a political cost to higher gas prices. So he wasn't willing to sacrifice that in the name of Mother Earth. It's just so phony, these politicians. They don't care about this stuff. And and I'm all for green energy, renewable sure. energy, being good to the earth, cutting down pollution, cutting down carbon emissions. I'm, I'm for all of it. I'm just not for hypocrisy, lies, and phoniness. Thank you very much. Europeans led by figures like Greta Thunberg and uh, the European Green Party. And, How dare you? And leaders like John Kerry. In service to green ideology, they made perfect the enemy of the good and of Ukraine. There's no doubt about that. How dare you? That is really something. And then it was we were talking about earlier the fact that that Putin was funding some of these climate change activists who were, you know, with their advertisements and their marches in the street and all this sort of stuff to try to drive the politics of this. It's unbelievable. It really, really is. You wouldn't think um, big countries could be this stupid. If you miss an hour of the Armstrong and Getty show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty show. Chuck was playing in this game. The Clippers and the Clippers and the team from Southern California. Oh, you won't say that name. I'm not talking is, about. Is there, is there a point at which you said, "Okay, I'm now I'm going to say their name"? If they win a playoff game, so you're not going to say the word Lakers for the rest of the the rest Lakers. of the season. I'm not talking about these damn losers. Between us, between the nitwits of TNT and the nitwits with ESPN, we talk about these losers more than any people in the world. I, I would say we talked about them a lot. That's a good point. Talk about them all the time because they got all the biggest stars, which is one of the reasons I like to see the Lakers fail because it turns out you can't just throw superstars together and roll over the rest of the league. They might not even make the playoffs. They're currently the nine seed. Well, I would never say anything hurtful about any of the teams uh, rooted for by our beloved uh, listeners, Uh, but I am grateful for the presence of Chuck Barkley and Shaq O'Neal on the planet. Sure. They regularly lift my spirit. By the way, the best team in the East, the Miami Heat, the best team in the West, the Phoenix Suns. Couldn't name a player on either team, so I should probably stop with my analysis at that point. Miami Heat's uh, Dwayne Wade and... Uh, and uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal, exactly, and uh, Alonzo Mourning. And Jason Any- Williams. That's right. Anyway, uh, so did you see this? Did you hear about this? Huh? Ron Phoenix Suns, Dan Marley. Sure, sure. Also, Charles Barkley. Yes, yes, he's busy, very busy. <laughs> anyway, those are old players who don't play for those teams anymore, for those not hip to the joke. Uh, for instance, if Tim Sandifer is listening, he's like, who the hell are these people? What's the joke?
Anyway, uh, Ron DeSantis, he's the governor of Florida, don't you know? He's kind of Trumpy, and he thinks he might be president, and he might be right. So he shows up at uh, one of the many colleges in Florida, University of Southern Florida, I think, or something, uh, for some high school science thingy program announcement. And he walks up to the uh, the podium there with his microphone, and he sees that the plucky high school students behind him are wearing masks. And he, with a look of disgust on his face, says, clip 13, Michael. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is, a, this is ridiculous. All right, well, it's good to be at USF. University of Central Florida. So um, what's interesting about that, a couple of things. Number one, he handled it the way Ida handled it, saying, listen, you don't have to wear those things. This is ridiculous. We've got to stop with the COVID theater. Amen, amen, amen. You preach. You go, brother, 100%. And he said you can wear it if you want to. Right, exactly. I just have a uh, scattering of headlines in front of me here. I did a little news search about it. Florida Governor DeSantis berates students for wearing masks. Uh, CDC director rebukes students for telling teens to remove masks. DeSantis scolds students. Well, you know, Ron DeSantis just yelled at high school students for wearing masks. I, I feel weird that, and my kids pass along what I tell them, obviously, and they get into arguments with other kids at school. I feel kind of weird about it. Uh, I'm not. I don't feel bad about it. Just weird. Uh, that Because uh, the prevailing wind blows the direction of masks, and the other side is supposed to keep their mouths shut. But there's there's no reason for them to be wearing them. Now, no. nope. I'll, I'll, if we, if we want to get into like a scientific argument, I'm more than happy like to bring up a number of articles and scientific reports and the New York Times and Washington Post and Atlantic Monthly and all these different sorts of things. You go ahead and bring up your information on why your kid's in a mask. And now, if you just say, I feel safer that way, that's fine. That, that's perfectly fine if that's what you want to do. You're a uh, child abuser. But, that's my point of view. But th- there's not much pushback on it. Uh, most people aren't willing to say there's there's no need for them. There's just no need. And and the mask that they're wearing, that almost all the kids are wearing, don't do anything anyway. So Right. Doesn't it strike you as a little odd that all of a sudden the CDC is saying, yeah, yeah, 70% of the country, uh, you can take off your mask, including the kids. Yeah, the science changed in the last week. Yeah, you remember last week when we were saying, no, we got to go inch by inch. we got to be very careful. It's still not okay. Well, today it's okay. So just don't ask any questions. But anyway, a couple of things I want to point out about all the news coverage about this, people losing their heads about how Ron DeSantis screamed at the kids and berated them. Play the clip again, Michael. You do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. <laughs> Honestly, it's not doing anything, and we got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is, a, this is ridiculous. All right, well, it's good to be at USF. So the kids looked at each other. They tentatively reached up. They took their masks off. They looked at each other again, and they smiled ear to ear. Looking like and feeling like I can read kids' faces pretty well after all my years on the planet raising them and coaching them, thinking, I feel a little naughty, but holy crap, this is great. The fact that they feel a little naughty is troubling, but they've been convinced by grown-ups and, you know, kids, especially the younger they are, they look to grown-ups as being, you know, the wise ones that know everything. They've been convinced by grown-ups that it's terribly dangerous to not have a mask on. You know, I had only seen the headlines about those quotes and was expecting something much more forceful and controversial. 
than right. what I just heard. So phony. Completely phony. It's been known with rock-solid knowledge that kids wearing masks is useless for them. It's useless for you. They don't wear them right anyway, especially little little kids. There are 135 out of 137 industrialized countries on Earth that are saying absolutely no, no kids in masks. What's the point? But the the, the leader of the CDC, who who harshly rebuked Ron DeSantis, if I if my watch was broken, well, I'd look at my phone. But if I need to know the time of day. And I said, excuse me, ma'am, do you have the time? And I realized it was Rochelle Walensky. I'd say, never mind, because I don't want to hear her opinion on freaking <laughs> anything. Um, I've got some of the details on the drunk jet blue pilot that are worth sharing. So we'll have that for you after this information about Simply Safe, which, according to a whole bunch of different publications, is the best home security you can get when crime is skyrocketing. It's oh, yeah, particularly it's- a good time. Super, super impressive, that list of endorsements. If you have that, I don't have it in front of me, but Simply Safe Home Security, it's better, it's less expensive, and there are no long-term contracts. It is better in every way than the traditional security ca- uh, system, including the outdoor wireless camera that lets you know on your phone anytime somebody approaches your door, whether it's kids getting home safe or some rando going to steal your packages, it works great. Monitored 24-7 by pros to dispatch police, firefighters, EMTs, whatever, to your home. And it's less than a dollar a day. You set it up yourself in about 30 minutes and no long-term contracts, which to me is a sign they're confident you're going to like it and you're going to use it. They don't need you to convince you to sign up for two years. Customize the perfect system for your home in minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So what was uh, the joke that we played earlier about the drunk jet blue pilot? It was, uh, hey, this is a Delta flight. Nah, you're really drunk. Yeah. Well, Com- completely wrong airline. Look how drunk he is. Uh, JetBlue pilot was removed from the plane's cockpit before takeoff at security. They had noticed he was drunk. Uh, and he was given a, or suspected he was drunk. He's a 52-year-old dude, given a portable breathalyzer, and he, he blew a .17. The legal limit to drive, we all know, is .08, but pilots uh, are not not supposed to fly if they have more than .04. I'm surprised you can have anything. But... Or if you've had a drink within eight hours of flying, that's according to the FAA. So he blew a .17. That's... I mean, because we've done breathalyzer stuff like with the highway patrol and stuff like that. That, well, at least for me, and you know, it depends on how you can hold your booze. Point one seven is not you're going to know I'm drunk, drunk. But uh, that's a pretty good buzz. Was for this guy. That's a pretty good buzz. You think people would notice just you walking through security? You were drunk at a point one seven. They might smell it. Oh yeah, I could believe that. But like, yeah. you think you'd be stumbling or? singing or <laughs> i don't know no, no i do get a little slurry though i'm not one of those guys who s- sounds perfectly sober when he's drunk when i'm drunk i sound drunk but here's more of the details no matter how hard i try <laughs> when when interviewed by police this pilot allegedly admitted to having had seven to eight drinks before getting onto the plane <laughs> seven or eight <laughs> good lord that seems plenty uh, before submitting to the test, though, he said, I need to get my gun out of the plane's cockpit. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. You're drunk. <laughs> sure, no we'll worries. We'll let you go get your gun. <laughs> 
And I didn't know this, but uh, pilots are permitted to carry handguns on planes, part of the whole after 9-11 thing. Oh, yeah. So long yeah. as they're licensed and all that sort of stuff, and I'm fine with that. Although the, the idea that you tell people, yeah, I had seven or eight drinks. Let me go get my gun real quick. <laughs> I just find wow. that humorous. Wow. I don't mind the pilots having guns. I'd prefer they not be drunk. I'm pretty certain I'd prefer they not be drunk with guns. Seven or eight drinks is a lot. And you got to wonder, of course, is that the first time he's ever done that? Seems like an odd thing to do just all of a sudden first time in your 50s, doesn't it? Well, and a guy who does that is drinking doubles anyway. So so you think the, the seven or eight is really misleading? It could be. Guy gets home drunk, his wife said, how many drinks did you have? I don't know. You weren't there to the count them for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom, for counting my drinks for me. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, you're right. That's a, a, a joke that Highway Patrolman told us years ago when we were doing the whole drinking breathalyzer thing was people always say two because they think one would be too much. You know, nobody's going to buy one because you're clearly a little blurry-eyed and slurring. But anything more than Two is going to sound like a crime, so people say two. But for him to say seven or eight, and like, mm-hmm. and you're right. If I'm at an airport bar and I have two beers, I've had four beers because I paid the extra dollar for the double. If you don't, you're a fool. Well, of course. It's simple economics. It's like an extra large pizza. I have to explain this to my wife over and over again. Honey, it's geometry. For that extra $2, you're getting like 40% more pizza. Yeah, I say I did the opposite just last night. Ordering a pizza. I went, with the, I went with the smaller because I know you're right. I don't want the pizza in my house. I will pay extra to not have that pizza in my home. It's enough for my son and I to eat, and there will be no more. No That'll leftovers? I don't want any more. I don't even know who you are. Because I will eat it. So will Sam. Sam is a man. He snarfs pizza. Holy crap. Turns 12 on Monday. Jeez, the way he can go through pizzas. So you're saying there's no chance to generate the leftovers. It'll just all get et. It'll all be beaten, yes. Oh, and, and that's a different thing. we don't need to eat that much pizza. <laughs> we just don't need, neither one of us, to eat that much pizza. Of course, I don't need to drink that much of the beer, but dollar. You tell me I'm double it. So this is like $7. For one more dollar, I get $14 worth of beer. Hell yes is my answer. Are you kidding me? What, am I stupid here? I got an aisle seat. I can pee as much as I want on the plane. TMI? Sorry. Let's face it, it's a factor, folks. I'm just speaking plainly to you. I'm being a realist. (laughs) Uh, We can give you some of the latest on Ukraine. It ain't good. Uh, A number of other things on the way. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. You just mentioned that you want to talk to Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin has so far not been willing to meet with him. Do you have a message for him now that Ukrainian cities are under attack? It's not about I want to talk with Putin. I think I have to talk with Putin. The world has to talk with Putin because there are no other ways to stop this war. That's why I have to. That was President Zelensky of Ukraine's own voice. Apparently, he speaks pretty good uh, English. That was not a translator. 
Richard Engel of NBC News asking him some questions yesterday when uh, Zelensky did a press conference, which he he walked into the room in his uh, you know green military gear, carrying his own chair for some reason, uh, and like no entourage. Although there were people in all the corners with AK-47s. Uh, here's a little more from that. When Putin spoke yesterday with uh, with uh, Francis Emmanuel Macron, he made it clear that the war is going to go forward, that it is going according to plan, and that he said he will go until the end of the mission. And he's made it clear that mission is getting rid of Zelensky, not talking to him. And um, Richard Engel asked Zelensky if uh, Kiev may fall, and he said, is Kiev going to fall? Kiev going to fall, and he said, I don't know. Are you going to leave? No. Without hesitation. So he's staying. Boy, the whole wanting to talk to or needing to talk to Putin thing just feels so sickening and sad just because, right. oh, what's Putin going to say? No, I'm, I'm going to crush you. Right. And, and nobody's going to help you. Nobody's going to stop you. They're going to give you a lot of arms, but it ain't going to be enough. We're going to choke it off to where you can't get those arms, which they may be able to do. And those meetings we've had already on the border, those are completely meaningless. We'd never uh, meant to engage in any way. It really is kind of surprising to me Putin would say that you're even having people show up. I mean, what do you think you're doing? But go ahead if you feel like it. Came across this old joke that isn't very funny. Putin lands at the Kiev airport. Nationality? Russian. Occupation? No, just visiting. Mm. Apparently that's an old joke because people are always wondering about that. Former SecDef Robert Gates wrote, I think in the Wall Street Journal, an op-ed piece, Putin's war has reminded us of the decisive importance of military power. We need a larger, more advanced military in every branch, taking full advantage of new technologies to fight in new ways. Air power will be critical in both Europe and Asia, yet the Air Force is relying on aircraft that on average are a quarter century old. I didn't know that. A significantly bigger navy is needed, especially in Asia, to protect lines of communication and freedom of navigation worldwide. The army needs to be larger, and particularly to allow us to increase our military presence in Europe at least as long as Putin is in power. So, Secretary Gates asking for a bigger military all the way around. I don't know if that will happen or not. Richard Haas of uh, Council on Foreign Relations said that the other day on MSNBC. This is the time that Congress needs to put forward a bill to catch back up to military spending. We're way below where historically we've been. Yeah, and if we have to bind and gag every congressman and congresswoman so they, so we don't continue to pour money into outdated and unnecessary programs, fine. But let's figure out what is necessary, what is the cutting edge, and invest like crazy in it. One more thing. This is on Biden the other night saying, Freedom triumphs over tyranny. Matthew Cottonetti in the Washington Free Beacon writing today, Freedom will always triumph over tyranny, Biden said. Another lovely idea that crumbles under scrutiny. Ask the North Koreans or the Cubans or the Venezuelans or the Iranians or the Chinese or, for that matter, the Russians, if freedom always triumphs over tyranny. The tragic fact of the matter is that freedom is rare. Authoritarians are resilient. Biden left out the elemental essential to freedom's victory. Freedom requires more than will. It requires force. And in today's world of proliferating dangers, the only nation with the power to shield freedom from its enemies is the United States. You pair that with Robert Gates saying we need a bigger military in all branches. George Washington didn't use his freedom of speech to defeat the British. He shot them. Or you just wait because freedom always prevails. Hmm. Stupid. It'll just kind of naturally win the day. Uh, uh, Mr. President, sir, hello, over here. 
freedom occasionally emerges from the ocean of oppression that is the history of mankind, you dolt. I mean, it's just, I mean, right? I, I, anyway. Man, he had an opportunity for a serious moment of leadership to say, look, people, sometimes the bad guy wins, but this is what we can do. You know, gas is going to go up, blah, 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 blah. We're going to we're going to arm them in these ways. But none of that. Just the usual politician crap. We stand with Ukraine and everybody cheers. Freedom will defeat tyranny. Everybody cheers. Now on to my domestic agenda of spending trillions of dollars to drive up inflation. You know, I've been watching this guy literally my entire adult life. And probably my parents, too, come to think of it. Um, They've been watching him as well. He is a bull esser and a glad hander. Those are Bingo. his talents. Those are his only talents. I don't think he has particularly good judgment on any uh, any matter, foreign or domestic. Senator Lindsey Graham called for the assassination of Putin by his own people. Right. He didn't say the United States should do it, but he said somebody needs to raise it, rise up and take Putin out, which is a heck of a thing. I don't remember hearing U.S. senators say that out loud. We used to do that sort of thing around the world, but I don't remember any senators announcing it out loud. Well, if you have a totalitarian state engaged in wholesale slaughter, yeah, I don't feel real bad about that. I think Kim Jong-un's people ought to do the same. Hmm? I'm not saying I'm really bothered by it. And the whole, what if Putin said that about our president? Completely different thing. I'm not doing your moral relevancy game. Completely different thing. We don't bomb apartment houses around the world just because we want to take their land. We don't do that. Nope. If you miss an hour of the Armstrong and Getty show, grab it in the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.